We are Gathering of the Geeks, a podcast and YouTube show built around the things we as geeks all love. Hashtag we gather on Sundays. Thank you for checking out the one that you can watch again. I'm one of your hosts, Emmett, and I'm joined by the Ted Lasso to my coach beard, Chris Evans. Hey. Gathering of the Geeks is available on YouTube. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search Gathering of the Geeks and you will find us. Thanks for everyone in the comments already. Grabs, Eric, Phil, Cookie, how's it going on this fine Sunday evening? Uh, Chris, man, how's it going? How are you? How's, how, how was your week? Splendid. <laughs> <laughs> fun with sounds. Ooh, uh, fun with okay. sounds. <laughs> it was okay. It was very busy. Let's very just, busy. How was yours? Just, let's just throw everything. Let's throw sounds and graphics and just make it a big party today. I had more, but I didn't. I figured let's just start small. <laughs> let's get. Let's not get nuts here. <laughs> no. we'll, we'll do it later. How was your week? Uh, yeah, it was good. It's actually, uh, we have a thing in Ontario here called family day, which is actually tomorrow. So it's okay. kind of like, uh, uh, businesses are closed down. It's like, a uh, Ontario added a break between Christmas and March break. So, so like every month of our year has something in it now. So it's family day weekend, which is kind of just kind of, um, an excuse to get together. Um, with family and all that kind of stuff. So we did that most of today. So I'm tired and only a little bit drunk. <laughs> so oh, okay. Well, this will be interesting. Then. Yeah, are, just, you, are we still just, drinking? Just bear, I have water here, a lot of water. Um, so just a bear lot with of me. water. Okay. <laughs> bear with me for a little, a little while if you, if well, you, if you can. <laughs> this will be interesting. Uh, other than that, Chris, what you uh, did you read anything this week? I was looking at the at the the comics that came out this week. I'm like, oh, I didn't read that. No, no, didn't didn't read that either. No, no, hmm. didn't get that either. So, um, how was how was your week for consuming things? Uh, I did read some stuff. I read the two Mark Millar books that came out this week, which was oh, Nemesis still, Reloaded still staying on that train, are you? Still staying on the it's Mark Millar train? Pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Nemesis Reloaded number two is really fun because you get the backstory in this one. Because the first issue just kind of throws you into the story and you don't know anything. Okay. Whereas this one, it kind of peels back the layers a little bit and you could get a better sense of what's going on and who the character is. So that was fun. And I really like the art in it. I think the art's really nice. It's from Jorge Jimenez. So you kind of oh, expect yeah. it to be nice. But um, that was cool. And I read Nightclub number three. Mm-hmm. I was almost done now. So you said it was only four issues, I think, at the time. I don't remember. I, I lose track. It's it's a fun book. I'm not sure how they're going to wrap it up quickly. Mm. They just kind of threw a big twist in there. I'm not going to spoil mm. it, but they threw a twist. So I'm curious how this is going to come together. Mm. And at the end of the day, it, it's they're vampires and they're trying to be superheroes. So it's an interesting dynamic. And they're also dressed in Lucha Libre masks. Nice, nice, nice. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing, but I've been enjoying it. I, I like uh, nightclub a lot. I think that's what it's called. Nightclub. Mm, I think it's called Bite Club, but I don't think that's it. Yeah, wouldn't be so bad either. I just know I like it. The wrong week. Mm. There was stuff I missed this week. Like I didn't get to the Murder World Moon Knight issue. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I didn't get to it this week, but I, I'll probably read that tonight. There's a couple other books I wanted to read. There was a lot that came out. This is a busy week. Um, so I was wrong about nightclub. It's solicited all the way until the May 24th, which was issue number six. And that mm -hmm. one says 
finale. That makes uh, more sense. So I, I should I'm, I I should really get to that one. We're at the halfway point then. Yeah, so maybe I can get to it before it gets too far ahead. The uh, one where Emmett gets a new camera. <laughs> Emmett hates his new camera is what it is. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> uh, uh, that's great. Um, yeah, so... I wonder how long before uh, that gets old. Yeah, let's try it. Let's see how much... Let's see if we can do that in one episode. <laughs> let's see if we can get tired of one episode. Uh, I'm going to get to that. Um, I, I should be reading it. Um, I'm going to now. I'm going to... I'll get caught up by the next one comes out at the end of March, so I do have some time to get yeah. caught up. So I'm gonna they're, sure they're pretty easy reads. There's not a ton of dialogue. It's a lot of visuals, which is mm-hmm. helpful, I think, sometimes. Because mm-hmm. some comics, you know, we've talked about they get too wordy for their own good. Yes. And this one is not is is not really like that. Yeah, from what I can remember of Mark Millar, I've only read his kick ass. Um I don't I, I actually I think hey I, I appreciate his dialogue and I don't think it's that wordy from what I remember him being. That's it's an more older, to the point. Yeah, that's an it's an older comic, but I assume that his style's pretty much the same um, up until now. Eric's waiting for a technical file. We haven't had that in a while. We'll see what yeah. we can accomplish tonight. <laughs> Let's see what we can make happen. <laughs> uh, Ian says I've got some time off from work, spent my first day yesterday reading comics, caught up caught up on some stuff. Anyone reading Lemire's Ten Thousand Black Feathers? So mm-hmm. good. It's good. Um, I, I put it off because I, I was in a weird zone of waiting for trades and then not reading them as they went. And I missed it pretty. I think we had already done our best of show by that time. And then I read it all and it was outstanding. And it would have made my one of my, my top five comic lists. But I, I have the hardcover, much like Grabs has it on uh, pre-order. I also have it on pre-order as well. And it will look nice on my shelf beside the other um, Bone Orchard Mythos books. So, yeah. Well, like everybody's getting the hardcover. Everyone's doing it. Yep. Everyone's getting in on do it. Do I need to do it too? I think you should read it, Chris, 100%. I think you would mm-hmm. uh, really like it. I will get to it. Add it to the list, man. Add it, to, add the it list. to the list. <laughs> I feel like my the list is kind of like, you know, Violent Night when he keeps reaching into the bag and something keeps coming out. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's my list at this point. Like Santa, uh, you knock some, you knock some, you've been knocking some stuff off that list recently, and you and you, you were mentioning we were talking yesterday that you were more inclined to get some other stuff off that list. Did you make that happen? You said you're going to watch Jaws, and you were going <laughs> to watch something else. I can't remember what it Fable was. Yeah, sorry, uh, thank you. I didn't, get time, I didn't get time <laughs> last night, but Jaws is tonight after the show. Okay, good, good. Um, I feel I feel after Last of Us, after I see who they kill this week, that's right. I'll need something else to watch. <laughs> So we're going to go with Jaws. <laughs> so Jaws is tonight. And then Fableman's are probably tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Fableman's. You were going to go with a little uh, Spielberg uh, double feature. Yes. Right. I have my week of movies planned out already. I have those two and Infinite. Um, it's called Infinite Pool? Infinity Pool? Infinity Pool. I forgot what it's called. I am I, I might be drunk as far as I know because I can't I remember. You're, stuff right you're, now. you're making stuff up. <laughs> I'm not. Maybe. <laughs> Phil knows what it is. Phil has seen it. It's okay. infinite something. <laughs> Bell- <laughs> infinity oh, pool. There we go. Oh, oh, with uh, what's his name? Skarsgård. Uh, yeah, by, uh, and Mia um, Goss is in it. Um, yeah, Brandon Cronenberg is. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, I heard that's a time. Yeah. I'm excited. Yikes. Uh, Ian says Lemire Swamp and Green Hell is also fire. I've been hearing so much about this this book, mm-hmm. and I think I need to read it. But I read the Future State Swamp thing. And I wasn't in love with it. Do you remember that? No. Who did that one? I think it was still Ram, wasn't it? 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it yeah, was. Because the... then that yeah, set like this that? up. I, I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. Hmm. But then, like, the response to Green Hell has been tremendous. Yeah, Green Hell's standalone. Um, three issues, DC Black Label. <laughs> the bigger screen. <laughs> um, and it was, like, the first issue for that came out a year and a half ago, I think. And mm-hmm. something happened with the artist, Doug Mank, where there was a delay of some Yeah, kind. it's a very um, large delay. Very large. So, yeah, the second issue came out just this week. And I think the third one comes out pretty soon after as well to finally wrap it all up. I kind of want to check it out. But the delays are scary. Like, like I'm with Lorraine here. So in case of more delays, maybe wait for a few more issues. I'm undecided. Yeah, um, it makes me sad when I read it because it'll be probably the last thing that Lemire writes for DC. Um, Cause he's got, he's doing the, he's um, exclusive with image right now. Mm-hmm. And when you read some of his um, newsletters or whatever, when he's talking about working with DC in the past, it's always like, it was such a hassle to try and get a book made. Yeah. Um, he's, not a, he's not a big two guy. I think. No, exactly. Uh, and he was for so long, like you're picturing like uh, him writing Moon Knight and like him writing Batman, like not not too long ago, that Robin and Batman book came out. Yeah. Like, it made me sad a little bit realizing that Lemire won't be writing, you know, DC characters anymore, which is too bad. But you know, he's got other stuff going. He, oh, for sure, absolutely. Lemire and Cullen Bunn just don't stop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Eric read Lazarus Planet Dark Fate just for the Huntress story. I heard about that too. I like the art on it. I might get to that. Nice. Uh, what else do we? What did everybody else read? A lot of people in here reading some. Lazarus Planet. Mm. Some Infinity Pool talk, which means we're going to have to watch. We're definitely watching it this week. It's going to be fun. I'm scared. I won't watch it. You're going to have to do it for me, Chris. How many have off in it, though? <laughs> Quick question. If em- <laughs> that he asks, if Emmett and I had a wrestling match in his hometown of Canada and I won through a screwy finish, how much would y'all hate me? The Gravenhurst screw job. <laughs> the what? That's where I live in, is in Gravenhurst. Oh. It's the town. So instead of the Montreal screw job, it'd be the Gravenhurst screw job. Animal Man from DC is also great. I've heard that too. I didn't know that was a Lemire book, actually. Yep. Eight Billion Genies never disappoints. I have not read one genie. I'll get to it. <laughs> he, hasn't read the, he hasn't read one. He's not going to read the Eight Billion. I have not read the first genie. I've, I've seen the Aladdin genie. Does he count? <laughs> I don't think maybe. so. No? Oh, no, okay. not this time. <laughs> not, maybe next time. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Lauren posted a, a picture of the, I think it was issue seven for 8 billion genies. The covers are so nice. They are. Um, Very colorful. One, and I was upset that I, I, when the series started, I'm like, all right, I can wait for the trade on this one. And now I'm sad that I did because the covers for the, the singles are just so beautiful. So I wonder if I would have like a twig-like reaction to it. I think you would. They, like the genies are a cute aspect like that, and horrible things happen to people. So I think it's a good. I think it's right a good up blend my for alley. You. Good blend it's for you. It's cute and horrible things. <laughs> uh, Zeddy, we read Woman of Tomorrow, the Supergirl book, and it's fantastic. Nervous and excited for the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited. What did you read? Um, that would be a big hard one thing, which was only Green Hell. Um, but I read it without reading the first one again, which was troublesome. Like I said, the first issue came out over a year ago. Um, so I'm going to have to, I, I have my copy, my hard, I, I, I read it digitally this week, but I have my, my physical copy coming. I think it should be here Tuesday or Wednesday. So I look forward to reading those back to back because it was just too long. I don't know why I didn't read the first issue again because I have it. Um, 
but that was the only thing that I read this week. Um, I thought this week was Superman number one, but I got all confused. That's next week. Yes, next week. Um, so yeah, the only thing I read this week was uh, Swamp Thing, uh, Green Hell number two. Uh, feels like it's been a couple of times already this month, uh, the weeks of these months, uh, February and January, that I haven't read that much. I'm not sure if that's just a release schedule thing or it's a me thing. Um, I've been a lot like to read. Next week, there's a lot, so maybe it's just a um, a release schedule thing. But uh, yeah, I didn't uh, didn't get into reading too too much, and I I thought I read something older, but I can't remember. Oh, I started reading um, Tomasi's Batman and Robin run again. I'm on the second volume of that. Um, yeah, just uh, you know, ever since the big DC announcement of just trying to much like Zeddy reading the. Um, Supergirl, um, Woman of Tomorrow thing. Just kind of reading some more stuff with some of the characters that we're going to be seeing again. So, yeah, that's it. Pretty much it for reading, though. That's cool. Did you watch anything? Yeah, I actually had I had to, I had to write these things down. I had to look because I, I knew that I watched things, and I kept thinking to myself, I don't remember what I watched. Um, and I I tweeted this out. It must have been two days ago or, or a couple days ago. I mentioned how I put Carrie Mulligan in anything was my tweet. Mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan is so good and she's good in everything that she does. And she can be good in anything that she does as well. Um, she's got to be one of my favorite actresses um, right now. But I watched drive for the hundred millionth time um, with Ryan, Ryan Gosling and, um, and Carrie Mulligan and uh, Oscar Isaac for a hot minute. Um, and Christina I just, Hendricks. Yeah. And Christina Hendricks is right for even less than a hot minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, seconds. I, I, I love that movie so very much. I love a lot of um, the director of the movie, Nicholas Wending Refrin, who also did only God forgives with mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling, which I'm a fan of. I think he did neon demon. Um, yeah. Neon also. demon with um, one of the girls. There's two of them, the sisters. It's the one. Sisters. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, L the Fanning sisters. Okay. Um, it's L Fanning, I think. I can't remember. There's another one that he did for Amazon, a TV show that had Miles Teller in it. And I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's also got one of the uh, Baldwin brothers, Billy Baldwin, I think, for some strange reason or another. Billy Baldwin exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's uh, a, and there's that other one that was only in John Carver's Vampires. I've never yep. seen anything else. It, that, yeah, Daniel Baldwin, I think that mm-hmm. one is. <laughs> yeah, Daniel's not anything else except that, that I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so The Drive is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's just something that I can always put on. Um, I, I just have a good time with it always. And I, I remember when I was trying to explain it to somebody when it came out, I remember there was a thing. Um, just recently, somebody sued somebody because of an Anna de Armas trailer that came out, yeah. and it sold. I remember when The Drive movie came out, and the trailer for that one was sold as like a Fast and the Furious type of movie because it had, was it? yeah, it was sold the trailer. If you watch the trailer for it, it's got hmm. basically all the car racing scenes <laughs> or the car, car, uh, the, um, the car scenes, uh, mm-hmm. driving scenes, which is really only two um, in the movie, but um, two or three. But then the trailer sold it as like a Fast and the Furious movie. And I wonder when it came out, people were like, you sold us, you, you sold us the movie that it wasn't or whatever. And I remember I was talking to someone when it came out and like, I don't get it. Nothing happens. And the guy doesn't talk and everything. And I'm like, well, I, I think of Drive as a Western. I think of Ryan Gosling as like Clint Eastwood, as a you know a drifter, as a, a guy just trying to do. Um... <laughs> he says, imagine my surprise when seeing Drive. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, yeah, I picture like Drive as like a an old uh, like a Western with Clint Eastwood and Ryan Gosling as the 
like a drifter coming into town to, to help out. He's doing, you know, a side job um, and he doesn't say very much, much like Clint Eastwood does um, as well. But I love the music and drive, like the 80s synth call, kind man. of pop music to it. And Albert Brooks is the villain, which is outstanding because most people think of Albert, Albert Brooks from The Simpsons as... Uh, What's his name? Um, Scorpio from from that episode of The Simpsons where they moved to that town in Scorpio. It's like the James Bond one. Do you don't remember that one, Chris? When I think of Albert Brooks, I think of that movie where he dies. He goes to heaven and the movie's all set in heaven. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, anyways, long long story short, I, I watched Drive and it's it's weird that it's a comfort movie for me because there's a lot of not comforting things in it. That's that's strange. But yeah. it's just something about it. It's very calm. It's the way it's shot is very calm. The lighting is very calm. Um, Ryan Gosling's very calm because he never gets too excited. Yeah, um, but I just love that movie so much, and that's something that I put on that I can always put on. I can always feel like, and and we'll talk about this a little bit later. I can always watch Drive. I think it's a good one. I also enjoy Drive. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a while though. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't know I didn't watch the trailer before seeing it. I just heard the hype about it. I don't think I did either. Yeah, I just I just knew the hype about it. I was like, okay, I'll check it out. So mm-hmm. that was good. Um, I, I enjoyed going to that blindly. I did the same with the guest with Dan Stevens. I thought those are kind of similar films, except maybe the guest and the version of Drive. I suppose. Uh, there it is, defending your life. That's what it is. That's the guest. No, the defending your life is the Albert Brooks movie. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Ricky. Oh, the guest. I'm going to have to look that up. Are we going to talk about the Ted Lasso trailer? I don't know. Are we? Maybe. <laughs> not much. Not much to it, but... I mean, I'm excited. I was going to mention it. <laughs> Nothing to be... No, yeah. It, yeah. Just having a date is what's exciting. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. I, well, the trailer's funny, too. You know, you have mm-hmm. them with their, their believe signs, and then Ted walks yes. in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so excited. <laughs> It was more of a sports week for me as well, and lot, watching a lot of Food Network. So um, more of a relaxing week this week for consuming uh, entertainment uh, stuff. But Chris, what you uh, what you watch this week? I watched a few things. Nice. Uh, I finished Babylon, which I don't want to spend too much time on. Even though the movie is three hours, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. It wasn't mm. really for me. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, was, easy. Whoa. I know. This is I the like, most surprising thing I've heard all week. <laughs> I thought the first hour is really cool. It's a, a lot of wow. chaos, which I'm always a fan of. Mm. It's it's got a lot of stuff going for it, but it's it's really long. It's very messy. I think certain characters could be cut out completely or just minimized even. Wow. Um there's a good movie in there. There's probably a couple of good movies in there, but as a whole, did not work for me. I, I walked wow. away from that really, really um, disappointed. So, on Shocked. a lighter note, I watched Shocked. a movie called I know, I watched <laughs> that a movie called Eighth Grade, which is written directed by Bo Burnham. Hmm. Have you heard of that one? No. Okay, so it's it's from A twenty four, which mm-hmm. I think A twenty four's track record is pretty solid. Yeah, for for a while she's like, yeah, that was okay. Like they're a good studio, and now it's just like, oh, every single movie you put out is good. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> they they have like hit after hit. So um, I watched that movie, Eighth Grade. That one was really entertaining. So it's about a an eighth grade girl, kind of just going through the motions of, well, I guess what teenagers do. Okay. And it's it's very modern, so it, there's a lot of like cell phone usage and Instagram things like that. It's very mm-hmm. relatable, I guess, in that in that sense. 
Mm-hmm. But it, the, I think what makes it work is the young actress is fantastic in it. Like you really buy everything that's going on in this movie because of her. So I like that a lot. Is it for people in the eighth grade? Like I'm, mean, I'm looking, I'm just looking at the synopsis for it, and it's yeah, it's about stuff that people in the eighth grade or like our school grade, in general like deal that. with. But is can those people watch it? Or yeah, it... I would say so. I would say okay. so. It might but be a little good. a little heavy for them, but yeah, I think they go. I mean, they, hypothetically, they're probably experiencing a lot of what's going on. Well, that's what I was trying to think. I'm thinking of my daughter, who's 13 right now, in grade eight. So oh yeah, yeah, grade yeah. nine now, and she spends the entire day on her phone. Mm-hmm. And talking to her friends on social media. So I was wondering if that's the kind of thing that, you know, more or less she should be watching, that kind of thing, the messaging in it, that kind of thing. Yeah, it has um, a few adult lines, but that's okay. It, yeah, it's not too bad. Okay, interesting. I will check that out. I think that's on something up here. It probably is. I think it was on HBO Max here. Okay, so I'll see yeah, if that's on Crave for me then. Uh, Zeddy said, eighth grade is my top five all-time A24 movies, so good mm. up there with Lady Bird. Uh, this is that. I remember Zeddy and Nico talking about this movie okay. on, their, on the Vigilante 39 channel, mm. where they were talking about A24 movies, and they had like a breakdown list. So they mentioned this, and it happened to pop on HBO Max. Like, I'm going to watch that. They said it was cool. So. I will check that out. I never realized that Bo Burnham was such a thing. I didn't either. Until I, I only I... know him from inside. Yeah, like, and I knew him from Promising Young Woman, and I'd never seen him before in anything. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. <laughs> and now, like, he's a thing. He's got, like, he he's not, like, comedy specials or whatever, but whatever that is, he does, like, with music and whatever he does there. I don't know what it's called. Um, one Man Show or whatever he does. And, yeah, I didn't um, know he was such a thing. Yeah, he, he's, he's a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. I like him, I guess, because I like this. I like the intro. Sure. I thought he was good in um, Promising Young Woman. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Is that um, Grab's right? He also has a comedy special. He's, he's a big deal. So, is he a comedian, like at heart? Like, that's what he is. I think was he's like an all around kind of guy. Okay. I think. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, eighth grade was cool. And then, of course, I watched, I went to the Ant Man on Friday. Oh, yeah. Ant Man was fun. I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it's still pretty fresh, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a good time. Mm, nothing wrong with that. Mm, I also watched um, Picard season three. Hmm. Uh, I'll mention it just for Eric in the comments because he uh, is a big Star Trek guy. And we talk about it a little bit. Um, if anybody was ever a fan of, you know, we do talk about nostalgia a lot. Um, you know, and they're playing on a lot of nostalgia in Picard season three. Obviously it's like the, for this season, they brought back a lot of the crew from next generation, Worf, Geordi, uh, Beverly Crusher, all that kind of stuff. So in one way it's outstanding. It's very good. The nostalgic, um, camaraderie conversations, dialogue between the old crew, but the, some, at some point, you know, it's interesting about the thing about boring characters, like there's one character in Picard, her name's Raffi, and her entire storyline is probably maybe 25% of the first episode. But in that 25%, you're just like, what is going on here? Where is this going? Why do I care about this? Where can I just get back to what is working? And I understand the idea, like for, for Picard season one, they brought in 
in general, 75% new characters to trying to relaunch this, the, the show um, for new viewers and the mix of the other 25 for the old viewers. And over the course of the first season, second season, now in the third season, they're keeping some of that 20, that the 75%, but now they're diluting it down to 25%. So they're kind of like a role reversal of the old characters and the new characters. Um, and for me, for the for Picard, it's only one episode. I think they air on Thursdays. Um, I'm not looking for the new stuff. I just want the the old, the the familiar. Um, you know, and it's it's difficult because you know I remember when we. I don't know if we ever talked about uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife that much, Chris. You and I. Not too much. Um, but the new characters in After Afterlife were great. Mm-hmm. It, it, like the the old. It me. The old of Ghostbusters was 10% of the movie, maybe. And the new and the, the new characters were right right in the forefront. And, and they sold the movie for me. They made um, the movie so, so enjoyable. So it's an interesting mix about when you're doing something nostalgic, when you're bringing back something that's, you know, beloved for or was beloved for, you know, 20, 30 years ago and how you blend in that new and how you blend in the old. You have any thoughts on that? It's a, it's kind of a tightrope to walk, I think, with that because you want to get new fans, but you don't want to alienate the old fans. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a difficult task to do, and it's rare that it works. Like I, I think Afterlife is kind of like an anomaly. Yep, it, it's a wonder that that movie works as well as it does. But yeah. they could also look like the look at the Halloween series, the most mm-hmm. recent one, where they did blend new and old, and it worked out for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, the like the idea of legacy sequels and and projects are becoming more and more of a thing, and mm-hmm. some get it right, some don't. I think Star Trek in particular is a difficult one to crack, just because it's got a legion of fans. I mean, Star yeah. Wars kind of, mm-hmm. depending who you ask, they're happy with the sequels. Sure, the sequel <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a fifty fifty kind of thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. The other thing, um, speaking of old things that I kind of watched, um, and you and I both did this, we both had a conversation with um, a friend of ours online, Travis, um, mm. from the Animation Nation um, podcast, and we kind of rewatched some old X-Men, the animated series. Um, before you had watched your episodes, Chris, that you were doing the for your conversation with Travis, had you rewatched much of X-Men, the animated series? You know, put it on for... <laughs> Your kids or whatever. And yeah, what was your experience kids, that's, like? That's why I put it on. Yeah, sure, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, X Men Image is one I, I go back to frequently. Mm-hmm. I watch random episodes or, or specific ones, that kind of thing. So I hadn't watched it in a very, very long time, and it was very shocking to me watching the animated series with how bad some of it was. Like I didn't, it, you know, I we were watching it as a kid and saying, "Oh, this Please is the greatest thing in the whole world." Please hold. <laughs> Continue. Like the the character designs, outstanding. I love all the costumes. I love like the characters are great, and some of the story is a lot of fun. But the dialogue is not good. I don't like. It's mixed. I was watching the Days of Future Past episode, and they're fighting, and Jean gets kind of crumpled by some rubble. She's like underneath the building or whatever, and Cyclops is like, Bishop, help me! Jean's claustrophobic. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> She's claustrophobic. I'm like, what is going on here? And like the some of the voice acting is not good, and the 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 visuals are very dated. The animations are very dated. But yeah. in saying all that, like this that's the X Men to me. 
that that team standing side by side in those blue blue and yellow suits, that's the X Men. That's I want those suits. I want the team to look mm-hmm. exactly like they look in in the animated series. And the music is great. You know the theme, all that kind of stuff. But just some of the voice acting and the visuals is it's it's the, tough. The visuals are rough. They're yeah. so rough. <laughs> the voice acting, yeah, I I agree. The voice acting is hit or miss. It depends on the character. But a lot of the dialogue is very. Um, I want to say overly comic booky. Hmm. Like sometimes they're just a word short of just screaming zap or something <laughs> That's like that. Right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I, I love the series and I, I think it's still the benchmark for X-Men on mm-hmm. in animation, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, for the new season. That's what I was wondering too. That's I'm very excited about the one thing I mentioned to Travis about it. I went to watch the two episodes that I watched were the time time fugitives in season mm-hmm. two. So mm-hmm. I put episode one on and said, Oh, previously on. Like okay, so then I like I better go back and watch the Days of Future Past episodes. Then I put the first episode of the Days of Future Past episode and said previously on. I'm like X Men. Why are you so confusing? That's why the show. I remember being a kid like, hating that. Like it's and I, I thought to myself, oh, it's just, that's an X Men's DNA in their blood is being confusing. You have confusing to know so much about X Men. Constant cliffhangers. Yeah, <laughs> nonstop. Constant. <laughs> um, some of the comments are talking about Ant Man two here. Uh, Phil says, I enjoyed Ant-Man. wasn't stellar, but wasn't the abomination some critics have called it. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Uh, Grab has a question for you, which we'll circle back to in a second. Okay. Ian says, Ant-Man was enjoyable, but it has its issues. No character arcs except MODOK, maybe. Very little plot. A weakened villain. Oh, that's interesting. And lacking in emotion. Some great action sequences. And Majors was great. I agree with that. Uh, Grab says it was a lot of fun. I'm kind of curious about Ian's comment about the villain because I thought, are you talking about Kang? Because I thought Kang was amazing in it. I'm just curious though. Um, Ian also says, if you want a great movie to watch with kids, I recommend The Bad Guys. I watched it with my family last night. We all loved it. I've heard that's fun. It's very good. I'll check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, So Grab's question is, if the story was great, would it matter what cast was 75%? For this show, I would say... Hmm. The story is very good, I think. It's just the, that one character, I'm not buying her story. So, yeah, that's an interesting idea. If, and I asked, I was talking to Chris about this, maybe it was last week, or maybe we was DMing Chris about comics and the value of the art over the writing, what's more mm-hmm. important. So that's an interesting idea, uh, thought grabs about, you know, specifically when you're talking about nostalgic shows, what is more important, a good story or better use of the characters um yeah i i don't know grabs that's an interesting thought though travis is in the comments hey, everyone travis. hope your week was well finance finance exam in the morning so i'll be watching this tomorrow afternoon enjoying the x-men discussion <laughs> have a great night everyone <laughs> thanks travis x-men is awesome even if it doesn't look the prettiest yeah and that's okay i'm not gonna fault it like i put it on um the other day and i went to go do something else and my son wanted to keep watching it so like the the kid appeal to it is it's all over. It's like kids love it when characters are screaming and yelling and not making any sense. She's claustrophobic. Um, the so kids love it. Exactly. Um, they're cool with it. Zay says Ant Man three is not Creed three, Fast X, Little Mermaid, Oppenheimer, or Wonka. I wonder where he gets that from. Is that is that a, you're just going to use our show to sell your 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 bracket there, pal? Every I'm week. I'm kind of enabling him though because I always highlight it. <laughs> Uh, Cookie says, I like seeing Michelle Pfeiffer lots of love this weekend. Oh, getting lots of love this weekend. At least that came out of Ant-Man 3. Yeah, and you know, um, speaking of Michelle Pfeiffer, not to 
spend too much time on it, but because I don't want to spoil it. But uh, Michelle Pfeiffer does some really good stuff in Ant Man. Hmm. Like Michael Douglas, I think, is on autopilot, but oh, she is actually doing something, hmm. and she's really great in it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil says, I would like to see Michelle Pfeiffer united with Keaton in a Batman Elseworld movie. After seeing her in Ant Man, I think it would work. I- I'd be into that too. Yeah, that, that uh, I think I saw a couple of that online, probably from Phil, um, saying that, that she would like he would like her to come back as Catwoman. That's interesting. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, Pfeiffer's mm-hmm. performance is one of the best things about the movie. Her character choices, not so much. Yeah, that, that part's questionable, but that's another discussion. Mm-hmm. She is she is really good though. Nice. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas is different. <laughs> I saw a meme. Um, I think it was a meme the other day. Of, it looked like Michael Douglas and um, Michelle Piper sitting beside each other doing like the like promotion for the, the movie or whatever, and he was just kind of slouched in his chair, kind of just <laughs> waiting for this interview to be over I'm, with. Like he did not want to be there. I'm pretty sure they they when Feige called him, all he asked was, "How much do I get for this one?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the impression I got. <laughs> uh, that is fair. Uh, All right, guys, so that's what we watched and what we read this week. (laughs) All right, so let's get to uh, kind of our main topic of tonight. And you had this idea. There was something we had talked about on an episode of Last of (laughs) – Episode 5 of Last of the Geeks came out. Um, a couple Fridays ago, last Friday or the Friday before, I can't remember, the Friday before the Super Bowl. Um, it was a very hard episode to watch by the end of the episode because of a lot of the stuff that's happened in uh, in it. So at that point, we were five episodes into the series. Um, and in this point, an, either a main character or another character had died that was quite emotional Um during the episode. And I had thought to myself, well, am I going to want to watch this series again? Not because the show isn't outstanding, which it is, um, but just the, the mood that it puts you in, the feeling that you get. Um, so, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on, on rewatchability of things? Do you think, and I'm going to start it with the question that I had, do you think it's the creators, the studio's role to make something rewatchable or is it their role to make something just as good as possible and maybe add in a shock or a, I don't know, something big that just grabs your attention and hits you right there in that moment. And that that's what they're trying to do. Are they trying for one moment or are they trying for um, a longer go back to a type of bill? How, how do you side on what, what the creators of and studios should be trying to do? with getting something to be more rewatchable or not rewatchable. I would think the goal is just, you want to make something entertaining. And if it has that rewatchability, cool. I mean, you would hope for it. Sure. But Mm -hmm. you got to make something entertaining to begin with. Mm -hmm. I do feel like some movies, they're hoping it'll be something good. Like comic book movies, all these comic book movies, they want us to keep watching them. Mm -hmm. And we mostly do. Um, But then there's some movies like, like a twist movie, like, you know, the sixth sense. Hmm. I have seen that movie one time. I'm pretty much good with it. Sure. Or the others with Nicole Kidman, which also has a huge twist at the end. Hmm. 
I saw it the one time. That's cool for me. But then there's other films where you know the twist is coming and you'll just keep rewatching it because the movie is that entertaining. So at the core, that's what matters, that it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. So what, what makes something rewatchable for you? Like I'm, I'm picturing something super serious versus something that's like, I'm thinking like Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I can watch that movie anytime. Or Drive is a little bit different, like I was talking about, but something about, what is it about something that makes it rewatchable for you? Okay, so let's take um, a rom-com, for example, which I talked about a lot recently. Yeah. Like Fever Pitch, for example. That's mm-hmm. something I can watch pretty often. I can just throw it on the background. It doesn't require me to always be completely tuned into it. Yep. And it's still funny. The jokes are not old to me. It's still entertaining. I like the cast a lot. So it's it's easy to put on. When it's something that I have to put on and really pay attention to it, like all the time, mm-hmm. that makes it less likely that I'll rewatch it. Like something like, you know, the Batman, as much as I love it, that's not something I put on in the background or I'll just throw it on. I have to be ready to sit down for three hours to watch that. Mm-hmm. Whereas even at like a Fast and Furious movie, I don't need to watch the entire thing you know, like be glued to it. Mm-hmm. I, I'll even use my phone or something. Like I'll pick up my phone, mess with Twitter, so while it's on, it doesn't matter. That's that's yeah. That's what something I was thinking about. The movie you don't have to be attentive. You can actually, mm-hmm. like you said, put something on if you want to, like you know, clean the house or you know, clean your room or you know, write a paper or play on your phone, talk to somebody, and you're not missing something. I feel like if you would do that with the Batman, you would miss something or okay. any kind of. And I'll just go back and rewind it and do it again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I think it depends on tone of the movie and probably genre. Um, mm-hmm. I'll let you, like you, like you said, rom-coms feel like something that you can put on anytime. Or comedies uh, in general, like the hangover. Comedies in general. Like, that, they're like Dumb and Dumber. That's a mm-hmm. good one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, I think that the, I find horror movies every year, you kind of watch them. Mm-hmm. Um but again, it tend to, depends on tone. Like I'm trying to think of something like Phil and you guys, you're talking about Infinity Pool. That feels like a movie that maybe you would watch once and be like, okay, I've seen that. That's great. And I, for me, myself, like my favorite movie of all time um, is Requiem for a Dream. I haven't seen that movie in years and years and years. And I don't anticipate putting that movie on again in years and years and years. Like it, it's, it's a one and done. I, I know what it is. I get it. But it's... I don't need to feel a certain way when I watch a movie sometimes. I don't know if I want to that yeah, that's something I don't I know I've re, I've seen it more than once, but I don't mm. want to keep going back to that one. It's yeah, great, like though. it has it ha- doesn't have that rewatchability. So like and that's uh, that's the point of the movie is not to have rewatchability. Mm-hmm. It's for when you watch it to feel a certain way. Um, yeah, so it's like, got a message. Exactly. Do a message, so <laughs> that's totally fair. Um I, I've seen other people compare it or not compare it, but um, Joker is another one that doesn't have a lot, lot of rewatchability to it because of how, oh, you're just watching this, you know, Arthur Fleck be down in the dumps all the time, um, you know, just kind of walking around the city and, and, and being a, a sad clown. You don't need to see it over and over and over again. You just watch it the once. And again, I think that's more or less the idea aside from, and that's the other thing is something in those type of movies that make you want to rewatch it, like Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Seeing his 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 portrayal in the movie makes you want to rewatch it. And like thinking about *Requiem for a Dream* with Ellen Bernstein, who's in that movie, 
seeing her performance would make me want to watch it again. I'm trying to think of another movie like that, but nothing comes off the top of my head. Shawshank Redemption. Is that, that's the one that you, you don't think it has a lot of rewatchability to it, but something in there does? Yeah, it's very long. It's very okay. dark. It, it does have a happy ending, but you, you, you go through a lot to get to that, to get to that ending. So. Sure, that's fair. But I've seen that a lot. Of, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if there's another one. I think Schindler's... This this might be a weird one. Schindler's List is another one of those movies Mm -hmm. that I don't think is meant to be rewatched often, even though it's fantastic. Yep. You know, I can't say there's many days where I'm just kind of mind my own business and say, hey, you know what? Time to watch Schindler's List. (laughs) But it's a great film. I get it. Yeah, I I think that's that's totally fair. And I think think it's an interesting thing. Um, Something about comfort... Just it really appeals to me now uh, more than an, a moment or a feeling. And, I, and I do want to means different yeah. things to different people. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, like I could watch Interview with the Vampire, the comfort film, which is a weird mm-hmm. one to pick, or the series. Yeah, yeah that's know. fair. Or or even like a horror movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a, a different horror movie. Ian says, "Great point. The Prestige is up there as a super rewatchable movie more than any Nolan movie, even the Batman one. But that's just my hmm. opinion. That's an interesting one too, because once you know the twist, you can go back and watch it and pick up new things. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really interesting one." Uh, Grab says, "I don't. I generally don't watch heavy dramas repeatedly. A few good men in Field of Dreams rewatch all the time." Hmm. Zeddy says, "Rewatchability seems to fall on the runtime of a movie, like." Top Gun Maverick clocks under two hours and is widely entertaining. Something like the Batman, fantastic in scope, scale, but is a three-hour cinephile's dream. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Bill uh, says some rewatchable film- movies for me are The Dark Knight, Halloween, Uncle Buck, Christmas Vacation, and Jaws. That is a really wide variety of stuff. Yeah, well, that's Phil. That, that. Hey, that's Phil at the movies. That's that's Phil in a nutshell, right there. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, Grabs can watch a few good men almost on repeat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I was agreeing with you about Infinity Pool. That's a one and done. There, uh, he mentioned that he was watching that, or uh, maybe it was something else. And I was like, I'll, I'm going to pray for you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Ian says, "Rec Room for a Dream" is a movie I will never watch again. Mm-hmm. Zeddy says you want that 90 to 120 minute, 120 minute runtime. If you want it to be a great movie, only Spielberg seems to be the man, the one that can master that over two hours, 30 minutes blockbuster appeal. Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel's going to do it this year with Fast 10. That's right. <laughs> Films like Joker and Rec Room make me too uncomfortable to rewatch. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, Cookie says performances and cinemat- cinematography will make me watch something if it's heartbreaking. I'm thinking Pig as an example. That's a good one too. So does Pig have that that uncomfortable feeling as you're it watching does. it? it but, does, well, but, it has like a sad feeling because you you know you feel for Nicolas Cage's character, not because I, you know, it's Nicolas Cage for me, but sure. it, it's it's an engrossing story that you just kind of get wrapped up in, and it hits. Interesting. So it's it's a good one to rewatch. Mm-hmm. What is the most rewatchable MCU movie? Mine would probably surprise you. Do you have one of those, Emmett? Um, I was thinking probably Guardians of the Galaxy or Infinity War. I think Inf- Infinity's War, Infinity War is longer, but it's my favorite MCU movie, so it would be that one. I think Winter Soldier for me. I could watch that on repeat. Oh, yeah. I, I can do this all day. <laughs> uh, Grab said, I don't make it through most three-hour movies the first time. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So that means no Batman on HBO Max for grabs. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> but rewatchable, something being rewatchable is a, a good thing. And also animated stuff, I think, is very easy to rewatch. Big time. I can watch Moana any day of the week. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love Moana. And yeah. Princess and the Frog is also one of my favorites. I can oh, that's watch a good that one. Yeah. Watch that one a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I like Peter Pan a lot too, but my mind always goes to the dark version now. Like the fan oh, theories. No, no, the the animated Peter Pan, the old one. But I always but think yeah, of that the, the fan one. theories. Yeah. The, oh no, the yeah, pan. you and your fan theories, just sicko. I'm not a sicko. The people, <laughs> that, I'm not the one who came up with the idea. I just think it's a good idea. <laughs> and it's fitting. Oh, Encanto is another one. I could watch that all. In fact, what's funny about that is like Zoe, my daughter, has gone to sleep or whatever, and I'll put it mm -hmm. back on and I'll watch it because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's entertaining. For sure. Um, Ian says he finds Black Widow very easy to watch and it hits me in the right field as I have two daughters. It's not my mm -hmm. favorite, but I enjoy it a lot. Interesting. Cap vs. Avenger. Yeah, everybody likes Moana. We watch Moana again on Saturday. That movie's amazing. One of the, um, like we mentioned, comedies and animated movies are easy to watch. One of the movies that more of a drama style that I could watch any day is No Country for Old Men. Um, I could watch that movie any day. I could, well, maybe it's an Ethan and Joel Cohen. I could watch a lot of their movies all the time. Like even mm -hmm. Fargo, I, I could watch that movie any, any day of the week. Big Lebowski is another one I could watch all the time. Um, I think their movies have a lot of rewatchability because of their quippy dialogue um, and yeah. some of the performance performances they have um, in their movies. Do you have any other movies that you could watch anytime, Chris? Goodfellas is a rare example of a a movie that no matter what point in the movie I catch it, if it's on TV or something, I will finish it. That 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 that's a common thing. I think people love just flipping the channels and they they see Henry Hill and make oh yeah that's it my my next two hours of my life are over with. Yeah, Goodfellas is something that I I don't know how many times I've rewatched it, mm -hmm. but it, it, there's rare time I've started it and not finished it. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Wolf of Wall Street is a big one for me. Oh yeah. I love Wolf of Wall Street. I watch that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of 80s, like Weird Science is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was I mentioned Back to the Future. Like that that little pocket of time, uh, there's a lot of really rewatchable movies in there, I think. 80s movies were built differently. Yeah. They're also like the plots are so over the top, but it was normal back then. Like Ferris mm -hmm. Bueller, for example, makes no sense on paper. <laughs> Absolutely zero sense, but it's wildly entertaining. Yep. Also, as an adult, Ferris is an asshole, but that's a different thing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Grab said you guys have a huge difference in rewatchable, or just a difference. Mm-hmm. Rewatchable movies. And your name is Emity. Emity, I'll take it. Emity. That's a good point, Emmett. Certain director styles make their films more rewatchable. That's true, mm. too. Yep. What about uh, TV shows? Do you find that uh, TV shows are the same kind of thing? Yeah. I'm worried with TV shows. I generally only watch a series one time and I'm done. Mm. Like as much as I love Buffy, I have not rewatched the entire series. More Just because of the, the investment that you would have to put into it? Yeah, I, I don't like the yeah. investment. I'd rather yeah. watch stray episodes, which is what I normally do. Mm -hmm. Or even like Honorage, Justified. Friends is one of the – Friends and Big Bang Theory are two of the rare series that I've watched – all the way through multiple times. Sure. 
Oh, and I, I guess I have watched interviews with the vampire a disgusting number of times so far. <laughs> but that's more recent. Yep. What about uh, um, comics? Do you think comics are the same kind? You reread comics as much as you think? No. no. No, I'll read certain, like Long Halloween, stuff like that, but generally not um, a lot. Do you? I know. Well, I know you reread comics, but what about you? I reread, com- I reread comics a lot, actually. Um, yeah, I don't know why it is. Maybe it's just because I, you know, it's harder to get the newer stuff with the, the physical ones that I have. So I'm just more or less, you know, I come up to my come up to the room here and grab something off the shelf and re-wa- uh, reread it. Um, and it may, and the investment, you don't need, need that much, like 15 minutes or 10 minutes to read a single issue. So if you want to read an entire volume, you know, six issue uh, trade or whatever, it takes you, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. So um, just kind of a, a time killer. And I, I like rewatching things, any kind of things. I, I agree with you about TV shows. Um, like I've seen Seinfeld enough now. I don't need to rewatch Seinfeld, but I'll, I'll rewatch something that I've only watched once. Like mm-hmm. recently I watched the Watchmen series again. Um, and then I watched before the end of the year or after in January, I watched rings of power again, and I'll probably watch interview with a vampire one more time again. Um, but that, that would probably it like, uh, I don't know if I'll keep watching it. I'll just watch something that I've only watched once just to make sure that I still like it. Or if I hate it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe think about it. There are some shows I would like to rewatch. Mm-hmm. But it's the investment for me that that kind of slows me down on. Sure. Well, yeah, it's true. Like I could, I used to watch HBO shows just a lot. Like I'll just watch, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just watch The Sopranos again, or I'll watch Deadwood again. Like I could watch Deadwood, I think a lot. It's only three seasons, ten episodes per season, so it's a little bit shorter than other ones. Or same with The Leftovers, three mm-hmm. seasons, ten episodes. So I can watch those, but it's it's when you get into the twenty-four episode, you know, yeah, fifteen network shows. kind of thing. Exactly. So. Um, HBO shows, I think, have a lot of rewatchability to them, um, even when some of it is hard um, as well, like The Last of Us, which will be interesting when it's all said and done, if I can finally get back to it. At some point. We'll see. Uh, Graham says, Galaxy Quest is the, probably the way I've seen the most. I can not only watch that repeatedly, but I can watch a documentary on it about it on repeat. Crazy, I know. I need to. I will finish that movie eventually. I've only seen the first hour. Um, Cookie says the Kill Bill movies, Jaws, Pride and Prejudice, those are probably my most rewatched. Very comforting. Which Pride and Prejudice? I think I've only watched the Karen Knightley one. I, I thought that was really good. Uh, Ian says I find Tron Legacy very rewatchable. I think the music helps. Easygoing action movies like Unstoppable often get put on. Those are another easy to put on. Just action movies. Action movies. I agree, hundred percent. I was Any Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, or you know. Yep. Agreed. I've watched Mando so many times. Yeah, I've watched. I guess I, I watch a lot of episodes of Moon Knight. I've watched, rewatched them. Uh, Eric says Trek shows, Batman the animated series, the DCAU in general. It's all good stuff. Um, grabs his friends, The Big Bang Theory, in The Office. Mm-hmm. Cookie. Some people are comedies, eh? Comedies just they're like, just easy. Yeah, and they're comforting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cookie says my so-called life. I've watched multiple times. It being one season. <laughs> Yes. I've never watched that show. I, I think I tried. And I, I didn't get into it. It's like Freaks it's and very... Geeks. I've watched Freaks and Geeks a couple of times. Or is that the one I tried watching? The one with Seth Rogen yeah. and all those guys. Which Stacey one is James Franco in? Yeah, he's in that one. Yep. Okay, that's the one I tried watching. Izzy Phillips is in it. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Then. Uh, yep. I've rewatched each Last of Us episode at least three times. You have a stronger heart than I, sir. 
grabs rereads comics a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, Phil agrees, and he'll also add Batman the animated series. Eric also rereads certain Batman comic storylines. Uh, Ian says the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse, and Matilda, the musical, have been on repeat in my house mainly because of the feel good factor and the positive message. Yeah, mm -hmm. the feel good movies also, you know, they help yep. too. Uh, sure. the yeah, the Karen Knightley one is pretty good. I enjoy that. Anyone else on a Keaton High watch Night Shift? Hmm. I don't know if I've seen that. Meet the Parents, one of the most rewatchable movies for me. That that's a yep. hilarious movie. Hundred percent, Teddy. I just love Ben Stiller. I rewatched Duplex recently, and that was fun. Everyone in Freaks and Geeks. Everyone is in Freaks and Geeks. Very easy to watch. Only one season. Yeah. Eric says, I definitely reread certain comic storylines, banner. Otherwise, usually those are the ones I pick up and trade paperback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have a lot of trades. I mostly have um, a lot of random issues until I went digital. <laughs> digital is nice. Yeah, so that's our thoughts on stuff that's rewatchable, uh, guys. Uh... Um, yeah, Chris, anything else you want to talk about before we get on out of here? Anything else you're looking forward to next week or anything? You know, you saw Ant-Man. I don't know if there's anything else coming out in the next little while. Uh, I think, uh, no, not really. We got a couple weeks till Scream. That's probably the next big thing for me. Oh, yeah. I heard the rumors are everywhere. Spoilers are everywhere. So The spoiler is out of who the killer is. Yeah. So if you know who the killer is, stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, apparently a video of it has leaked, which is pretty spreading. Yikes. Yeah, this far ahead, it, it's that sucks. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, man, that's not good. <laughs> no, is that not is good. not good. <laughs> what are those visuals? <laughs> I love Emmett's reaction. That's <laughs> what happens when I get asked to make something. <laughs> and honestly, what you guys don't know is there's 10 variations of that. That's right. Next week, you're going to see the other, the other ones. So... Get ready. It's, all a work in, it's all a work in progress here, folks. All a work in progress. <laughs> I think they're fun. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple comics I'm looking forward to next week. We've got Saga number 62, uh, Superman number one, uh, and Batman, One Bad Day, Clayface number one, which I'm really excited to. That's going to be the second one that I actually pick up physically because um, I only have the first one so far, Riddler. Uh, so I'm looking forward to actually picking up that one. The other one that comes out next week, Chris, and we were talking about this, it was like forever ago, Blue Book by James Tynan, that alien um, UFO. Oh, is that next week? That book comes out next week. Okay, so, I'm all in for that one. Yeah, so I think we'll give that a read, and uh, we'll probably let you know um, what's happening um, there. So what's, it's called Blue Book, right? Uh, Blue Book, number one, yep. Yeah, that Dark, looks of course. That looks really cool. Um, like Emmett said, it's from James Tynan. And whenever he does these like small stories, they're always really good. So I'm yeah. excited. So yeah, we're gonna talk. Uh, I'm gonna read some comics this week, guys, and we're gonna talk about it um, next week more than more than I read um, this week. Um, Chris, yeah, you can hit us up with some plugs, and we'll head on out of here. Time to watch Last of Us and see who dies tonight. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at thatchris70. But as usual, I prefer you guys follow the show over at G of the Geeks. Emma is better with the rest of the plug, so he'll take over. You can follow me on Twitter 
at Davis 7 Gathering of the Geeks is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Gathering of the Geeks and you will find us there. We're going to have a new episode of Last of the Geeks in your podcast feeds on Thursday. As well, with these new fancy visuals of ours, we're going to be adding some extra content to our YouTube channel. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, I want to say thank you to Cookie, Grabs, Zeddy, Phil, uh, Travis, Zeddy, Eric, Ian. Um, thanks so much for joining us on this fine Sunday evening. And we will catch you later. Uh, in saying all that, for Chris and I'm Emmett, and we gather on Sundays. Have a great week, guys. <laughs>